This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Awesome. We have, a, we have a good group of people today. I think this was proposed by a few of us, but in, in part some of our uh, product design folks in the room we have joining us today. Um, so maybe we can kick it off with just a general question about uh, when should you redesign your app? Going in with the meme. Yeah, <laughs> jumping, in, jumping into it. I feel like you guys as our resident experts here on design. I'd love to get your perspective on that first, and then maybe from the product side, is there differences in opinions of that, when that should happen or not? Interesting. I think you should never stop redesigning. I think it's an ongoing thing. Um, when you uncover pain points in your products, you have to address them. Um, you run the risk of, um, if you don't redesign and your competitors do, you're, you're in the trouble. Yeah, listen to your users too. If um, there's some pain points that users are struggling with, then maybe that's the time to reconsider um, updating some of the features or uh, looking at the uh, holistic uh, UX of the product as well. Yeah, I, um, I did have the opportunity to undergo a redesign or a full redesign, and a lot of that was uh, the catalyst there was our App Store reviews were very, very poor at the time for the product that I was working on and calls into customer support around user experience and just questions on like, what does this do? Um, I think uncovered that we had a fundamental problem with the user experiment or experience uh, and we underwent, I was telling them before we kicked this off, like engineering scope, this has a six month level of effort and then 18 months later, we're still in a redesign. So I do think you can run into problems with a over complete overhaul of your user experience where when are you really ever done? Uh, so I think incremental improvements are something that we should all be striving for versus a completely new user experience overnight for your users. So I think that's kind of a good question because I, I think when a lot of people think app redesign, they think this kind of big monumental shift in a new version of the app um, and in like a completely new look and feel um, is that always, should that always be the case or should that ever be the case? What are your thoughts on that? I think as long as you keep the, the, the core premise of the product intact and you redesign it in a way that's not too jarring for users, then I think that's usually successful. And if you know the why of the product to begin with, that will help shape uh, the solutions that you create around the problems that you find. 
I like that. Let's let's drill a little bit more in, into into the why. So when you're looking to redesign the app or elements of the app, like how do you how do you make those decisions based on the why? We have more more detail on how we do that. Yeah, if you know your why, you know make every purchase rewarding. Um, you're always going back to that that why, and if if you are exploring different um, methods of problem solving and doesn't um, affect that why, and you stray away from it, you might want to question what you're doing to begin with. Yeah, I would agree because I've been a part of some of these redesigns where you know a new competitor comes into the space and they have kind of a fresh look and, and feel. But, and that's really not a reason to redesign things. Like, whatever you do, you really need to be, have some concrete reasons why you're doing it. And there should be problems you're trying to solve for the user. It should never be just around something aesthetic. It should really um, be grounded in some problems you're trying to solve for people. And I think that's where uh, there's a lot of misses when people try to do app redesigns. Yeah, if you have a, a North Star metric, or at least a couple that you're clearly looking to improve. Uh, kind of to Bergen, your point, if it was the, the app store is indicating or user feedback is indicating that there is a problem with the overall experience, then it probably makes sense to try and redesign. But maybe we don't want to redesign it as one monumental effort. Maybe it should be a continuous, you know, iterative process along the way, too. Yeah, I, I think North Star metrics are really important, like thinking through why should we design something you should have? Like, like any you know, project or product update we are, are working towards, uh, we should have goals we're looking to move in mind for that. And so in the past, you know, I've been part of redesign efforts too, kind of on both fronts. Um, I was at a company where you know, our app looked dated, and so we had to redesign it. And that was about the level of, the level of metrics we had for you know, that initial direction. And that wasn't particularly successful because we didn't really have any goals in mind. There wasn't any product function that we were targeting and it wasn't really introducing any value to our users, like some, some flashier colors or some slightly different button styles. You know, in and of itself wasn't enough to really move the needle, whereas other redesign efforts I've worked on, you know, for example, I worked on a website that had like an insurance quote flow policy and we noticed that a lot of traffic was coming through on mobile devices, but this particular website was not responsive. And so we saw a lot of drop-off. People would start on a mobile device and just drop off the experience. And so the goal in, in mind for that particular redesign was, can we enable responsive functionality so that mobile devices can go through the full flow with a much better experience? And, you know, we addressed aesthetics and things like that along the way, but really our goal was improving mobile usage. Um, so another question I think is what are risks for redesigning? So there's always like pros and cons. There might be a lot of valid reasons you want or need to redesign uh, your app or your site. Um, what are the risks of doing that? Sometimes users don't like change, even if it's, I mean, you know it's going to be better. Um, look what happened to Snapchat. Um, has it's too jarring, if it's too weird, too different for them, they, they might abandon it. Yeah. How's Snapchat jumped the shark? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I still use it. Probably. Yeah. Probably has. Yeah. That's, and that's interesting, too. Like, I think um, too jarring of a change. Do you think there's anything else beyond how jarring it is that is problematic for Snapchat? Because 
I, I hear similar things about that particular app as an example. Well, I kind of think they lost their why, you know? I mean, they just had this feature that everyone loved, uh, but anyone can copy. So once Facebook and Instagram started doing those stories that could disappear, you know, why use Snapchat anymore? So like, one of my favorite um, examples is uh, from Simon, Simon Sinek's books, uh, Start With Why, is when he said like, if Amtrak looked at themselves as a transportation company rather than a train company, they might still be in business making airplanes right now and cars and you know, now they're kind of just fading away, but uh, maybe that's something that happened with Snapchat is they just, we're so reliant on this feature that when somebody else adopted it, they kind of lost their, their ground. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Like being too focused on the solution to a problem as opposed to the problem itself. We touched on this a little bit in some earlier episodes too about focusing on uh, solutions versus problems. And so we have a fun little segment that we've been doing called Can of Worms, where we accidentally start going down another topic that could probably be um, its own episode. And I think that falls really well into that, but I, I think that's a, a really good point. And so I have a just general question for the group. Um, I feel like this gets tossed around quite a bit is, and I'm particularly curious for the designers in the room, um, who will be oftentimes engaging not only product, but with marketing, so oftentimes what will happen is there'll be a, we want a rebrand versus a redesign. So what is, in people's opinion, the difference between a rebrand versus a redesign in the app? Uh, rebrand is, is introducing new typography, colors, aesthetics um, into an existing framework. Pretty much that's it. Versus redesign is, is altering functionality, um, introducing new features, uh, new flows, things like that. So do we encounter the same challenges and problems? Do we have the same North Star metrics um, when we're doing a rebrand? Or is it something you feel that the company can do without it necessarily having to engage as much on product and design? I think you can do both simultaneously. Um, it can be a little trickier because now you have sort of two things to manage. Um, but it's also a perfect time to do a rebrand is when you're redesigning. Uh, you can introduce some of those things without having to do it twice. You can do it all at once. I think another risk when we're kind of going over that is the overall scope, and I think, Bergen, you touched on that as well, where um, something that can be considered a redesign can quickly spiral out of control, and I don't think there's any better example of how you can introduce scope creep. So I'd love to ask the group, you know, how do you look at that when you're thinking about a redesign, you've got your reasons why, um, how do you really keep the scope um, to something that's reasonable, that solves some of those problems, and then allows you to kind of increment um, beyond that. A lot of the time it's about just getting those small wins where you can without just going whole hog. Um, so that's just, it's a lot of small wins that add up usually to something like this. And you mentioned, you know, asking the whys. If, if you're doing too much, maybe you're not asking why enough. You know, the five whys, like if, if you only get down two or three whys, you might start doing something that isn't really valuable and then to the user and could uh, confuse them as well. What do you guys recommend in regards to that uh, delivering iteratively? So I was saying our redesign, we kind of went all in, redid the, the North Star for us was customization. It was a home automation application and before our user experience was very, everybody had the same home screen of the application 
whether or not you had cameras or lighting or temperature control, it was the same workflow within the experience. And our whole goal was to customize that and allow a user to really bring up in the experience what they cared about. So maybe you only wanted to lock your doors and that's all you cared about on your home screen. So customization was our North Star, but we really struggled to find ways to iteratively deliver that progress that we were making on the redesign to our users. We really did have to wait till we had a lot of that functionality built. But what is kind of from a design standpoint, the recommendation of delivering iteratively? Like we only launched, we only did new app, uh, app store updates every three months, which really wasn't enough. But what is a desired um, kind of app release from a product design standpoint? If you guys could control that, how often would we be releasing new apps? I'm a big fan of the build, measure, learn philosophy. Mm -hmm. Build it, get it out there, get feedback, start all over again. Um, design cycles um, as quickly as possible. Um, and the more time you have to, to iterate and work on something, the better it's going to be. It's just how it is. You start to iron out the wrinkles as you go. So, and give more perspective. Uh, don't just have the product design team working on it, but get the engineers and the product managers and just more eyes better because people have different perspectives and personalities that um, they can have influence on. Uh, it's amazing how any great points um, that you never thought of can can come up from somebody who um, just taking a look at it. It's a team effort, for it sure. Is. Yeah, that's a good point. I think sometimes it's easy to, like as you're in, in this kind of redesign mode, it's easy to get excited and to kind of run with, with all these ideas you have. And I'm saying this as someone who's done this plenty of times. Um, but there's a lot of factors to consider beyond just user experience and aspirationally, you know, even if you're in line with some of the goals, some of the, the, the whys you've chosen, uh, for you to be not thinking about limitations of your, your, your technical platform. And, you know, those are things that uh, I think engineering is a good example. They can help weigh in on, okay, well, designing this this way is going to take us an additional three months because we have to build a completely different back-end architecture to support these two data models that you know you hadn't really factored in how these two things are mixing. Um, sometimes that might be worth it. Sometimes not. You know, it might have been a simple UI thing that looked kind of nice, and but knowing that, it's like okay, let's let's tweak that a little bit. So, so that probably leads us to the the inevitable question, which I'm sure all our listeners will enjoy, which is let's talk about failure, um, and let's talk about times that we've tried to do redesigns and it, it failed spectacularly. <coughs> Excuse me. So. Obviously, Snapchat is a good example. Um, I know in previous life, uh, one of the uh, applications we were designing tried to introduce a whole new experience that was totally alien to what our you know, consumers were using previously. And so that you know, new functionality just led to too much confusion. But I'd be curious to see where else has an app redesign failed for you. Um, I worked on a, a game a few years ago, a Facebook game, which was a casino type um, treasure hunting thing um, with a group of about six other people. And uh, we spent probably eight months um, designing, testing, building out this game. We released it into the wild and nobody knew how it worked because it was completely new. Um, and we were blind to it because we knew how to play it. We came up with the rules. We knew all the, you know, all the, the different aspects of it. But we released it into the wild and it was just a massive failure. No one knew how it worked. We tried to put in tutorials. Um, things like that, and it just didn't help. And that was that was pretty tough to, to fail like that. But. So like leverage existing mind maps and 
but consumers yeah. are going to know. Yeah, sometimes you don't need to reinvent the wheel to be successful. You can just iterate on something and make, make improvements. But, yeah. I always remember you can't truly empathize with your users because you're not your user. Do good research and trust that research. And that's how you empathize through the research, not by pretending you are the user. And yeah, I mean, I think to that point, it's like a lot of times failure is a result of not involving your users enough, right? Because you are so close to it and you get so familiar with the product and how it works. And then when you release it into the wild, these people have never seen it. And so I think the more that you can get people um, in and kind of do testing with them, the more likely you are to succeed. Yeah, it, in my experience, like uh, with an app redesign that didn't go so great, um, I think really knowing your whys and focusing on specific problems you're looking to solve was, was kind of the reason for that. So. Uh, we, we did kind of a massive overhaul of our, our app redesign, the design of our app, um, and it was just kind of across the board. Like the, the company wanted to rebrand everything, they wanted to redesign everything, they wanted to freshen the look and feel, which is too vague to be a why, I think, in many cases. Um, and what ended up happening is we, we did a lot of work. We spent the better part of a year redesigning all these different elements um, without too much granular focus on specific goals. And so what happened was certain features performed a little worse, some maybe performed a little better, but overall the core business metrics were about the same, maybe a teeny bit better, but not enough to really reflect the amount of work we'd done. And that's because we hadn't really designed with those goals in mind. It was just redesigning to redesign. And did it look better? Yeah. Did it move the needle in a, in a very meaningful way? No. Um, and so I think that's something to keep in mind is you can make something look a lot better and that's great. But as you look to redesign, like what, what core metrics are you really looking to move? So to introduce a fun argument and a question at the same time, how often is a redesign the, the choice of the hippo? So the hippo being the highest paid person's opinion in the room. So let's say it's the CEO or another SLT member. As product professionals, how do we push back or try and guide some of those conversations so it isn't just one person's opinion trying to drive a redesign? I think with anything with you know dealing with uh, you know high up stakeholders, it really is important to be the advocate for your users and have data to prove that. And so as much as you can go in armed with again, your why you're doing this, have data around that, that really helps guide the conversation. I said a CEO who said, if it was your opinion versus my opinion, my opinion will always win, but if it's my opinion versus your data, then you win. And so I think that uh, is a valuable lesson in kind of going into those conversations and keeping it grounded in, in the why that you're, that you're doing these things. I think for saying no, too, for redesign requests, because I think often, um, you can get those type of requests from from a hippo. I'm not calling our leadership hippos, but sometimes uh, that will happen where uh, they say, you know, we need a new app or we need a new website or we need a com like, to completely change how this experience is. Um, and a lot of times that's because they have a grand vision and they, they directionally know the strategy of the company and they're excited about it. And that's all great. But we, like our jobs as, as product managers and product designers is to think through 
how do we get to their vision in terms of the key metrics that get us there? And key metrics aren't, we're going to make this amazing, exciting new site. Key metrics are, we need to increase registrations by X, or we need a retention rate of X percent, or you know, we need to, we need to be doing certain things um, from a product standpoint to differentiate us from, from others in the market, uh, to increase market share or speed to market or something along those lines. Yeah, and I think you're, you're also kind of hitting on a couple of our key points here. So it's have those KPIs, have that North Star metric. But if you're unable to provide those, maybe you're going to start making a big, big design change, make it iteratively. So it's like, how can you potentially do that in all these conversations? I have a question for you guys on design specifically, or everyone's opinions around it, but should a redesign or a new app, your, your example of the Facebook game that you you said like users didn't know how to use it, it brought this to mind. Should an, a redesign or a new app experience come with a tutorial or should an experience be intuitive enough that a user should not need a walkthrough? So I bring this up, my mom is in her mid sixties and when I got the job here, I was like, you're gonna have to download the app, like you're retired, you can save some extra money. She watched a 25 minute YouTube video from a power saver on how to use the app. I was like, well, that's 25 minutes of your life you won't get back, but you're now similarly an actively engaged user of Ibotta. But I found it really interesting, obviously demographics play into this, but I didn't need a tutorial. My mom did need a tutorial and she found that in a 20 minute YouTube video. I think no matter how intuitive you make your experience, um, if you use all the existing design patterns out there and you make it look like Facebook, mm-hmm. you're still going to have people who need to know how to use the app. So I think some kind of onboarding is always a good thing. I mean, you can always skip it, right? But some 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 teaching tool is always valuable. I think you, if you start with design-centered focus rather than being constrained by the technical part of it, kind of the approach Steve Jobs had to his his product is. You know, let's design it first, and we'll figure out how to do it later. You know, when you give a, a toddler an iPad, they instantly know what to do. And I think we forgot that that's a pretty amazing thing. Before um, Apple and the iPod, uh, I remember looking at my Rio. I think it was called MP3 player, and having to look at the manual <laughs> and how to figure out how to just <laughs> upload a few songs. But um, focusing on the d- design first, I think, will will help that. Um, just be a lot easier to use up front. Well, this is it especially relevant to my job here yeah. at Ibotta. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, always curious to get people's thoughts. One homework assignment I would challenge everyone to go to is to go look up how Mario designed the first level. So look up Mario 1-1 and you'll see all the design principles that went into essentially teaching new users how to use Mario and you're doing it at the same time that you're playing, but you don't realize you're learning. And so in an ideal state, it's just that. We're gonna introduce you to the experience, let you start learning, but we're gonna have it kind of guide you through it, and it'll be fun and interactive without forcing you down a video or a tutorial that you can't skip or something like that. That's fun homework. That is fun. That's homework I've I've done multiple times, actually. Um, No, I I think that's a, a really good point. I think philosophically, I love the idea of design something so intuitively that you don't have to have any onboarding or tooltips or things like that. Like Philosophically, I agree with that. But I think realistically, that's often not quite the case for a lot of factors. Um, I, I think um, there's always going to be some users who aren't able to pick certain aspects up. 
Um, I think sometimes you're, you might be dealing with other limitations like building a new product within the framework of a legacy product um, where you have to bridge certain gaps. Um, so I, I think that's a, a really great way to put it is like teach them without them knowing that they're doing it in a way that ideally is fun or you know, depending on the product, maybe not fun, but uh, fulfilling in some way. Yeah, definitely can't worms X. We could do a whole yeah, Super Mario episode. Yeah, yeah for sure. That <laughs> and, and gamification and all these other yeah. newer elements, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I've seen the Mega Man version of that. Uh, they start you off with like a little character you have to jump over, and it teaches you how to jump, and then you get to jump and squash somebody. And, yeah, just build on top of that. It's like Mega Man. Textual. Portal does a phenomenal job too. There's a number of game designs, so it's. So how can we take that simplicity and apply it to an app that may have that complexity that we're talking about? So definitely can't want stuff. Yep. Cool. So uh, quick round wrap. Robin, any last thoughts on app redesigns before we, we'll make that part of the homework assignment, before we give our homework assignment and wrap? Build incrementally. I like that. Build measure learn. Build measure learn. Start with why. Awesome. Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> I, like, I like ending on that one, too. Um, I think those are all great things. So our, I, our homework assignment, one thing is go play the first level of Mario, and as you're playing and maybe remembering, um, look at how it, it teaches you the mechanics of that gameplay. Um, and then I think the other thing maybe is um, look at your app, or if you don't have an app yet, look at a, an app that uh, you particularly like or use regularly, um, and find three reasons uh, why you should redesign certain elements um, and maybe look at the three risks to redesigning um, and kind of make a decision on what path you, you would choose to go forward. So, cool. Well, uh, that wraps up this week's Product Coffee. Hope you enjoyed your cup of coffee. Uh, yeah, go level up. <laughs> <laughs>